Is it all right if I speak down here? Is it all right if we just leave the pulpit down here? Everyone will be able to see me okay? I know I'm a bit shorter than everyone else, but that's all right. All good. How's everyone going tonight? Good? That's good. What a day it was. Did anyone get out and enjoy the sunshine today? Yeah. Did everyone stay indoors? Yeah. If you're indoors or outdoors, it was a great day. Tonight, mum kind of didn't throw spring this on me, but she kind of told me not too long ago that she wanted me to speak tonight, and I kind of felt, I I guess, not ready, but then I kind of felt, will I ever be ready? And I think the answer is no, so I just thought, why not? Let's do it. And uh, I believe that, that God has something that he wants me to say tonight. He's given me a thought and he's given me a message for, for you guys and I'm excited to see what happens and um, I'm just stepping out of the way and uh, I'm just praying that God takes over because uh, I know that in myself, um, I shouldn't be up here, um, I shouldn't be speaking, but I know that with him and through him, I can do all things and uh, that's for every person here too. Um, whatever situation you're in, uh, if you don't feel worthy enough to be on the platform that you're on, um, you've got to understand that it's not about who you are, it's about who he is through you. And uh, so you can stand in confidence and boldness in him and know that you are, you are worthy to be on and in the platform that you are. Um, and so let's get into it. I'm going to speak about, I'm going to start to speak about the pursuit of happiness and, and this idea of happiness. And I think it's probably the one thing that uh, you can all agree on that uh, everyone wants to be. Do you agree that everyone wants to be happy? And so we do everything we can to search for that. We do everything that we can to make sure that we are happy. You know, and, and I've got some pictures that I want to chuck up. We put things on, the, on our screensavers that say, now and then it's good to pause in our pursuit of happiness and just be happy. And then we go to other things like, there is no path to happiness, happiness is the path. And happiness depends upon ourselves. Happiness will come your way if you let it. For every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. And so we have all these sayings, we have all these pictures and, and we, we use these pictures and these sayings to help us, to remind us that we should be happy in everything, that we should always be happy, and we search it out. Now, I was talking to Dad this afternoon, and uh, he won't mind me saying this, but uh, I was chatting to him, I said, Dad, I just want to like, just talk about happiness, I want to like, look at the science behind happiness, and he just stopped me, and he goes, Joel... If there's anyone who shouldn't be looking at science, it's you. <laughs> he was like, just don't go there. You dropped it in year 10. You didn't do it in senior school. Don't try and be scientific and all this. and You'll just lose everyone. You'll lose yourself, more importantly, but you'll just lose everyone else in, in that. But I did anyway. So uh, where do you go when you want to be scientific but you don't really know science? The internet. No. <laughs> But I looked up these chemicals and there's these things that they call the happy chemicals. And um, it's like serotonin, dopamine, I'm going to not say that one, endorphins, and all these things that, that 
that scientists have discovered that when they are released, uh, causes to feel happy. And they balance um, the way we feel and, and we have these, this happiness when th- those things are released. And I was reading up on it and the thing about it is, is that those chemicals, they say, are released when. Those chemicals are released when this happens. And those chemicals are released um, when certain things take place. And then we feel happiness. We feel that. And the thing is, is that because of the when and because of these things are released when we feel motivated or when we feel like this or when we've accomplished something, these things are then released for us to feel this certain way. We spend so much time, so much effort, so much money and energy searching for that when. Searching for that when this happens, these chemicals will be released, then we will feel happy. And so much of our life and so much of our time is used up on that search. The search for happiness, the search for those things that when they happen, we will then be happy. And so, you know, last year we spent over $10 billion on self-help resources. Over $10 billion on self-help resources from books to podcasts to going to seminars to DVDs to all this stuff that has the key to happiness for us. And it's interesting to read that, I was reading that the majority of people who go and spend it on a book or a DVD or a seminar will go back and find another book and they'll go back and find another seminar to go to and again and again and the process and the cycle just keeps happening. And they're not actually gaining or getting what they really want, which is happiness. And so the search for happiness continues. So we think, if we just get this job, I'll be happy. If I just get, or when I get this certain promotion, I will then be happy. Or when I get this, or I get that, or anything like that, then I will be happy, and then I'll be okay. Only to realise that when you get the job, the happiness lasts for about two weeks, then it's Monday morning again, and suddenly, you're not so happy anymore. Or you get those pair of Yeezys, and they don't do a thing. For those of you who know me, you'll know what I'm saying. It's a pair of shoes. I've wanted one for about two years. I got them, and they didn't really do anything. They weren't magical. They didn't make me grow taller. But we spend so much time searching for that when, searching for that happiness. And I think that tonight, I don't want to shoot for happiness. I don't want to shoot for happiness because the problem that I have with happiness... Now, I don't have a problem with being happy. But what I have with the pursuit of happiness, and when that is it, when all we are doing is going for happiness and feeling happy, is that it's circumstantial. That it is based on what is going on around us, that is based on what we are going through at that time. It is fleeting. It is here one moment and gone the next. And all of a sudden, we might be happy in one moment, and we've found it, and we've succeeded, but then the next day, something happens, and then when back to not being happy anymore and we're searching for it in something else and we're searching for it in all these different things. So tonight, I don't want to shoot for happiness. I want to go for something deeper. Tonight, I want to shoot for joy. Now, I'm not talking about a feeling. 
I'm talking about joy that can be present when grief is present. A joy that can be here when I'm going through heartbreak. A joy that you can feel when you're in the midst of mess. A joy that can still be present when you don't have that job. When you don't have that house. When you can't get what it is that you think that will make you happy. I'm talking about a joy that is deeper than a feeling. But a joy that lasts through every trial, through every circumstance, through everything that you are going through. That's the joy that I want to shoot for tonight. And I want everyone to know that we have access to that. We have access to a life to the full. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life to the full. Now, to me, to the full doesn't mean that we are happy one moment and then the next moment we're not happy anymore. And we go through that struggle of, I should be this and I should be that or anything like that. No, life to the full means we can face every circumstance. We can face every challenge and every trial that we go through knowing that we can get through it. Knowing that we have something greater than us, knowing that we have something bigger than us that is on our side, that we don't have to turn to those things anymore because we have Jesus. That is life to the full. When we know that we're not, we're not, we might not be facing the greatest of circumstances, but we know that it doesn't matter what happens to us, we are going to be okay. At the end of the day, we're going to be okay. I want to turn to Philippians. Now, Philippians in the Bible was written by a fellow named Paul. And it's kind of like a happy book. Kind of like the, the, one of the big topics in, in Philippians is joy, is, is rejoicing and, and, and joy. And so you'd kind of think that if that was the case, he would kind of have written it on a sunny Saturday morning sitting on his back deck with the sun beaming down on him. You know, he's got his brand new car out the front that he's wanted for ages. He's got a whole wardrobe full of Yeezys. Good shoes. He's got the perfect latte just sitting there waiting to just sip it. You'd think that he was in a good spot, right? You'd think that someone who's writing joyfully and writing a text, that, a letter that is, that is full of rejoicing, would be someone who was going through good stuff, was in a good stage of life. But I came to realise that that was not the case at all. That when Paul was writing this letter to the church of Philippi, he was in prison. He wasn't in a good state at all. He wasn't in a good place. He was in the worst place that you could possibly be. Now, I don't think prison back then was kind of like prison it is now. I don't think they had TV. I don't think they could get hot meals. I don't think anything like that. I think prison back then was probably the worst place that you could be. And he, found, and he finds himself there and he's writing this book that is based on joy. And I kind of think, how can someone in that situation have joy? How can someone who is in prison, in the worst circumstances, have this kind of joy? So it starts Philippians 1, 12 to 21. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, 
that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, he has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ without it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others do it out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up true trouble for me while I am in chains. I love this response that he has here. But what does it matter? So what? Who cares? How often is it in our life that we see what other people are doing and we get defensive about it? We think that we have to stand up for Christ, that we have to stand up and tell them that they're doing the wrong thing, that they're doing, they shouldn't be doing it that way, they should be doing it this way, they shouldn't be doing anything like that. But Paul says, but what does it matter? So what? We've got to learn to say, so what, to some things. We've got to learn to say, but what does it matter? He says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For what I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord Jesus, right now I just pray, God, that as we look at this subject, Lord Jesus, that we of joy, Lord, I pray that you will unlock what it is for us to access joy. Lord Jesus, you are, the only, you are the only reason why we can have true joy. And Lord Jesus, I just pray for the people in this sitting in this place right now that have not experienced it or felt it for a long time, that tonight that you will reveal yourself to them in a way that will open up the floodgates of joy to pour out in their life that they will leave here and walk out of here experiencing a joy that is deeper than a feeling, experiencing a joy that is deeper than anything else that they could have ever felt. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you want us to experience life to the full, that you want us to have a great life and be full of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. In this text, Paul has no reason to be happy. Paul has no reason to be happy in his circumstance. And we might be sitting here tonight and you might think, the circumstance that I'm in, I have no reason to be happy. I have no reason to be happy with where I sit right now in life. I have no reason to be happy with the things that I'm going through. I have no reason to be happy. But Paul was happy and was full of joy and rejoicing and continuing to rejoice in this moment. So it makes me think, 
there's got to be another source that is not about the when this happens, I will then be happy. But there's got to be another source that he can experience this kind of joy in what he was going through. They did a, they did a uh, Instagram study. Now, as you all know, I'm a massive Instagrammer. And they did this study where they could tell who was not happy, who was happy, based on their photos. So they took a bunch of people and they, uh, they, they looked at all their photos. And, and they could tell based on the filter, based on the colour of the photo, based on the status that they put below the photo, they could tell if they were happy or depressed or anything like that. And so they did this whole thing. And I'll just give you a little tip. If you're an Instagrammer, the filter Inkwell will tell people that you are depressed. (laughs) But if you are happy, Valencia is the filter to go with, as this study showed. But I started to think. Now, Paul would not have had Instagram. He wouldn't have had a phone. But I kind of thought, what if Paul had Instagram? What would his post look like? And could we tell through what he said in his photo that he was happy or he was depressed? So I made a little thing. This is Paul. This is Instagram. As you can tell at the top, he was obviously hotspotting off the guard. This, this is from 2 Corinthians 11, 23, 27. Paul of Tarsus. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, at the sea, at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled. I have gone, often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I've known, I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. This would have been the status that Paul would have put up. This is what he's been through. And how can a man that has been through that? I mean, like, I just look at the bottom. I've gone without sleep and that's enough for me to not really be happy. <laughs> but you look at what he's gone through and he's rejoicing. I wonder what the comments would have said on that photo. Call me. <laughs> Are you okay, day? 2017, it would have, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry that you've been through all of this. Let me know what I can do. 
But then he would have responded, hey, no, it's okay. I'm rejoicing. I have joy in what it is that I'm going through. And how can he have joy? And we, we sit here tonight. There must be something that he knows that we don't know yet. Well, some of us do, but some of us here don't. He must have something else that he can access to have joy. Furthermore, I want to ask you this question. What is the personal prison that has you on lockdown tonight and is keeping you from experiencing the kind of joy that Paul is so freely expressing in this letter? Maybe your prison sentence is an unhealthy relationship where you can't bear to go home at night, where you might get a call and you double, you double think whether you actually want to answer that call because you don't want to talk to that person. Maybe that's your prison. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Maybe that's your prison. Maybe your prison is, is that you've got kids that you so badly want to see saved and you so badly want to see succeed, but they're doing their own thing. They don't want to borrow you at the moment. They don't want to listen to what it is that you have to say because they're just doing what they're going to do. Maybe that's your prison. Maybe your prison is a physical illness. You've been given a bad report. Maybe your prison is a financial prison. You've been hit with debt. You've been hit with things that you can't actually see a way out of that you don't know. Give you a little tip. Don't buy shoes and you'll be all right. (laughs) Paul's in prison. He was in prison. Yet there was something that Paul knew which enabled him to have joy in his circumstance. And I think it's here. In verse 12, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What Paul knew that I think that all of us here tonight can take home is that true joy is not defined by my status, but true joy is defined by God's purpose. True joy is not defined by my status, true joy is defined by God's purpose. We all have purpose. We all have been given a purpose. There's a statement that I want you to write down. It's by Stephen Furtick. I can't claim this. And I think that it's something that we can, we can use when we find ourselves in a, in a personal prison. It might be tonight. It could be in the future. But when we find ourselves in a stage where we're finding it hard to access this joy, that we're finding it hard to really wrap our head around what it is that is going on. Write this down, and, and this is something that I feel like we can have on the back of our phone. We can have as a screensaver that actually would help us and encourage us, and it's this. My joy is not determined by what happens to me, but what Christ is doing in me and through me. My joy is not determined by what happens to me, but what Christ is doing in me and through me. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good to know that I don't have to wait for the things that I'm trying to get out of or the prison that I'm trying to get out of for me to feel joy. 
I don't have to wait until everything is okay for me to feel joy. I can have joy in what it is that I am going through because I know that the purpose that God has for me is bigger than what it is that I'm going through. The purpose of why I'm in this is bigger than how I feel in this moment. Therefore, I have joy in my situation. I have joy in what is happening to me because I know that it is serving a greater purpose than myself. When, when we are living for ourselves, when we are doing things just for us, yes, we are going to struggle in those times because that is the end of the line. When we are in a prison and we are living for ourselves, that is the end. There is no getting out of that or, or there, is no thing, there is nothing to look towards or to look for because that is it. We're in there and we have, we're it. If we're looking for an answer, if we're looking for something, all we have is us if that's what we're looking for. But because we are living and we are purposed for something greater than us, therefore, our circumstance doesn't determine our joy. What we are going through doesn't determine how we feel. We can have joy that is deeper than a feeling when we know that our purpose is greater than our circumstance. <clears throat> I want to tell you a story. And it was in America. And this kid, it was the last weekend. And the last weekend was probably the hardest weekend, but the best weekend all in one. We had to drive 16 hours straight. That in itself, that was a personal prison. <laughs> and a physical one, a little Kia Sport. They, they told us it was going to be a big four-wheel drive, we'll have plenty of space, but that wasn't the case. My knees were touching the seat in front, so lucky I wasn't taller. I knew there was a reason. I was short. But we drove 16 hours to this little city called Bird City. And we, uh, we, we set up in this little school hall. And it was, uh, it was, this, it was dodgy, this dodgy school hall. And nothing about it was great. Nothing about it was wow. Nothing about it was awesome. And... The, me and Luke and Jess, the band who was usually doing it wasn't there, so it was just me, Luke and Jess doing all the music. And, um, and we um, started playing. And in the morning, we played, and, and, and it, was all, it was good, it was good. And then we played our set, and this guy, this young kid named Brandon, I'll never forget Brandon, he came up on stage in one of our songs and started dancing. We, we have this moment in one of the songs where we to get people up to dance because we can't. And, and uh, this kid couldn't either, but he got up anyway. Anyway, he got up to dance and he just had this big smile on his face. He was enjoying himself. He was having the time of his life. And then he got down and we finished our set and I went and found him and I, was, and I, and I was just said thank you for getting up and, and just doing what he did. And, and this kid was just full, of, just full of joy. This kid just had a smile on his face. This kid just was loving life. And I was having a chat to him. And the thing is, is that life wasn't always easy for him. If I showed you a photo, like, I talked to him about it and he's, this bigger, he's a bigger kid. And life hasn't always been easy for him. Schooling and, and things like that. He was bullied and, and, and stuff like that. 
And, uh, but still, this kid, no matter what he'd been through, no matter what, what it was that he'd, what he'd, he'd faced in his life, he was in this moment and he was full of it, full of joy. Went home that night, we came back to, to do the night, the night session and, and do worship and we started playing and, and it was pretty much just Luke on keys and me and Jess singing. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything special. It wasn't a special thing at all. And I was, we was singing Amazing Grace and, and I was up and I was singing and, and this Brandon kid was right, right in the center of, the, of here, right in the center, down the front. And he was just going for it. He just didn't care about what anyone else was doing. And he, he didn't care about what anyone else around him was, was doing. And he had his eyes closed and he was just in the presence of God and he was just worshiping. Had the biggest smile on his face. But what he didn't see was behind him, there was a group of kids that were laughing at him. There was a group of kids that were pointing at him and, and laughing at him. And so me, I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped Luke. Oh, I didn't stop Luke. I caught Luke keep playing because then the spirit kept moving. And I said, to the, I said to the guys, I said to everyone, I said, I want everyone just to stop for a moment. I said, we're talking about right now, we're talking about my chains are gone, I've been set free. And I said to every person in this room, from, from the back to the front, from the right to the left, I said, every person in this room, I said, if you want to know the definition of being set free, then Brandon is your definition. This young guy down here is your definition of what it's like to be set free. Because I said, because he doesn't care that you're all pointing at him and laughing. I did it. I went there. I said, he doesn't care what anyone else is doing. But I said, but he's down here and he's worshipping because he's been set free from whatever it is that the devil has thrown at him to try and hold him down. He is here, he's worshipping and he doesn't care what anyone else in here is thinking. And I said, if you want to be set free, then you can as well tonight. I said, because what he has is available to every person in this room. And I said, so we're going to sing it again. I said, I don't want to see anyone laughing. No, I <laughs> I said, we're going to sing it again. Brandon was on his knees at this moment. I got emotional on that because I'm a heaps emotional bloke. <laughs> and um, we started singing and, and within two minutes, within a minute, another kid comes and kneels. Another kid. And then the whole place just drops to their knees. And I was just like so moved. Like, I just thought, like, wow. I was gone. Like, I, I couldn't see. And I'm thinking, here's this kid. He's been in, in his prison. He's had his prison. He's bullied. He's been told things. He's been called names. He's been, he's been through it all. But it's not about what happens to me. It's about what Christ is doing in me and through me. And what Christ was doing in him and what Christ did through him 
was so much better and so much greater than anything that had happened to him. I went down and I thanked him afterwards and I said, I want to thank you because you've touched my life tonight because you have showed me that it doesn't matter what life throws at us. It doesn't matter the circumstances that we're in. We can have joy because we have Jesus. You see, the, what the devil thinks he's going to throw at you to lock you down, what the devil thinks that he's going to throw at you to imprison you, what it is that you're going through tonight, whatever it is that your prison is, whatever it is that you think in your head right now, that's what it is for me. Whether it's, whether it's anything, whatever it is, the devil might have thrown that at you to lock you down and to stop you in your tracks. But I want to tell you that you can turn that around and use that for the glory of God. You can turn that around and use that to the glory and for the glory of God. I say, how about we start to be people that show our workmates or to show the people around us what it is to be a Christian going through heartbreak. You can have joy going through it. Show people how a Christian or how someone who knows Jesus, let's say, let's drop the Christian term, someone who has Jesus can deal with a broken relationship, can deal with financial crisis. Let's show people who have Jesus in our hearts can deal with going through a personal prison because in all circumstances, we can have that joy. We have access to that. I was talking to, this is kind of like, this obviously um, links in, but it's an awesome thing. I I rang Megan, Megan Jasper, today. And for those of you who don't know, Megan Jasper is a, a, um, their family from our church. And this week their house burnt down. Um, Like everything inside was was wrecked through this fire. And uh, I rang her up and I, I thought, I was thinking about this message. And I'm like, here's someone who has just lost everything material in her world. She has a kid, she has a family. Awesome. But she has lost everything else. Photos, she's lost clothing, she's lost furniture, she's lost thousands. She's lost a lot of things, everything. And I thought to myself, I rang her up and I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, you've just lost everything. But do you still have joy? And her response was, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken right now. I'm, I'm heartbroken from what we've lost. But what gives me joy is knowing that God has a purpose through this. God has a purpose in this. And I just, it blew me away. It blew me away to hear someone who's right in the middle of it, just experienced loss. And they can still stand there and say that I know that God has a purpose and that purpose therefore enables me to have joy. I may not be happy right now. I may not have happiness. I may be experiencing grief and heartache and pain, but I have joy. That's the difference between the pursuit of happiness to a pursuit of Jesus and joy through Jesus. That's the difference.
I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? Got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. The world tells us that we need to look out to find it. We need to go to this. We need to have this. We need to experience this. We need to look outwards to be happy. I want to turn that around and say that you've got it right in your heart. You know those times where you, you kind of frantically looking for something. You might be running around and you're like, I've got to find this thing. Where's my phone? Uh, you know, you, you're asking dad, where's my phone and everything like this. And then you realize about five minutes later that's in your hand. You ever had that moment? Or have you, anyone seen that little video of that kid wearing the goggles? Have you seen it? And this little kid, this little baby is like, mom, where's my goggles? I can't find my goggles. And she's cracking up and she's been kind of mean because she's filming a kid. But... And then he realizes that the goggles are on his head the whole time. How often is it that we frantically run around looking for joy or looking for happiness? And then we realize that we've got it here the whole time. We've always had it. We've always had access to it. Where we will find it is we need Jesus in us, the hope of glory. And we can have joy in every circumstance. I'll just get the music guys to come back up. There might be some people here tonight that might have spoken to you tonight. You might have been walked in here and you might have thought, you know what, that's something that I really haven't experienced for a long time. I haven't experienced joy for a long time. Whatever it is that you're in has had you on lockdown and you've struggled to see what it is that is going to get you out of it. You've struggled to see or feel what it is to, to be happy in it. And therefore, you've kind of walked through life with your head down or you've walked through life not living life to the full. And that's not a, that's not a fault. That's not anything like, it's not, it's, you know, I'm not saying you're at fault for that or anything like that. But I want to encourage you tonight that you can make the decision, make a choice that, your joy is not going to be determined on what is happening to you. But switch your perspective to, it's not about what's happening to me, but what is Christ doing in me? And what is he going to do through me? Whatever it is that you're sitting here tonight and you think about is that personal prison. We have been given access through Jesus to joy. We've been given a purpose that is bigger and greater than what has happened to us. So as the band, band is going to sing for a little bit, and I just want, I'm not gonna, I don't have the words to say. There's nothing I can say that can fix anything. 
There's nothing I can say that can fix what you're going through or can fix that. But I do know that all it takes is one touch of Jesus. And He can change your whole world. He can change your feeling of just not knowing where to go. The feeling of never experiencing joy. He can change that tonight with one moment with Him to absolute joy in whatever season, whatever circumstance you're in.